This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Well, at least it's warmed up a bit today. Still pretty ugly looking out there just because it's overcast. But what the heck. Today we have the latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook. And it says wheat was in big demand this past week on the world marketplace. And we tell you about some of those markets. The federal government opens application funding to prepare for possible outbreak of African swine fever, a deadly disease for pigs. Food pricing is raised in the Saskatchewan legislature yesterday. We have details on a farm mental health survey and the latest update on Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The latest Sask Wheat Outlook says there was a large volume of wheat sold on world markets last week. Michael Wilton with Mercantile Consulting compiled the Sask Wheat website outlook this week. It was another strong week in the wheat market. Tunisia bought 200,000 tons of soft and durum wheat. 100,000 tons was soft wheat, 100,000 tons was durum wheat. Jordan bought 50,000 tons of feed wheat. Egypt bought 200,000 tons of wheat at about $350 a ton. This was likely from Russia. Algeria bought 510,000 tons of December shipment milling wheat. Saudi Arabia tendered for 595,000 tons of hard wheat. News broke this morning that they actually purchased 1 million tons of wheat in that tender. Iraq tendered for 50,000 tons of wheat and there's no results yet. U.S. weekly commercial sales were 322.5 thousand tons. This creates a total of 12.5 million tons, down 6% from last year. The falling U.S. dollar has caused U.S. wheat to become more competitive, and we think exports will pick up in the future. Here's some of the most important news that happened in the wheat markets. The USDA increased world supply thanks to a 300,000 ton increase in beginning stocks and a 1 million ton increase in production. Production is now 3.2 million tons higher than last year at 783 million tons. Global use was increased by a million tons for a 300,000 ton increase in ending stocks to 268 million tons, down 8.5 million tons from last year. In Canada, Canadian wheat exports for week 14 were strong again at 488.8 thousand tons for a season total of 5.1 million tons. Average weekly exports for the remainder of the year need to be 347 thousand tons per week to meet the AAFC's number. We should meet this and surpass it. In the Canadian rail movement, CN and CP supplied 79% of the hopper cars ordered in week 12 
and 86% of the hopper cars ordered in week 13. While both CN and CP posted all-time records for monthly grain movement in October, issues with Canada's export pipeline persist. Two of the currently pressing issues are as follows. Number one, delays at the port of Vancouver due to the inability to load ships in the rain, and two, there are several rail labor agreements that will expire by the end of the year. There was an interesting comment made by the Foreign Agricultural Service of the USDA in their most recent grain and feed update for Canada, and I quote, Canadian National Railway and Canada Pacific Railway are expected to see a total of eight labor agreements expire in late 2022. In advance of a possible lockout or strike, the rail lines typically begin to reduce shipping pace to prepare for the possibility. If an actual stoppage occurs, possible outcomes include the delay of farmer deliveries into the elevator system, vessel demurrage, contract extension penalties, defaults, declaring force majeure, deferring sales, and further damage to the reputation of Canada's grain handling system. Four labor contracts expired this year in January and July. However, no major disruptions to the transportation of principal field crops occurred." In Durham, there is a strong chance that some of the 100,000 tons of Durham wheat that Tunisia bought last week was from Canada. The price paid backs off to about $13.90 a bushel at the elevator in Saskatchewan. Durham prices in Italy were unchanged for the third straight week in a row at 493 euros a ton. The rising Canadian dollar causes this price to calculate to just $13.10 at the elevator in Saskatchewan. There was another strong export program of Durham in week 14. Another 189.2 thousand tons of Canadian Durham was exported. There was a large volume of wheat purchased last week as buyers sourced cargoes before the Black Sea grain deal expires at the end of this week, but Wilton says the deal is expected to continue. 3769. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca. And your Prairie Co op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasbourg. Saskatchewan's NDP leader, Carla Beck, is calling for a special legislative committee to study food pricing issues in Saskatchewan. The NDP wants the study to look into supply chain issues, fair pricing for Saskatchewan livestock producers, and food security issues in the north. The SAS party government rejected the NDP call. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the federal carbon tax is a key component of rising costs. He says he pays carbon tax on everything that enters or leaves his farm. He says the carbon tax is having a significant impact on food prices across Canada. The Commons Agriculture Committee is investigating food pricing issues, and the Saskatchewan government believes that's the best approach. Starting today, groups can apply for funding from Ottawa's $23 million program to prepare for an outbreak of African swine fever. 
Funding is designed to support projects like biosecurity assessments and improvements, wild pig management, improving existing abattoirs, and swine fever research projects. Applications from academic institutions, associations, businesses, indigenous groups, provincial and municipal governments will be accepted until the end of November 2023. The funding will be distributed over two years. So far, there's been no cases of the deadly swine disease, but it has spread across parts of Asia, Europe, and the Caribbean. It's not a food safety risk, but a single case would close Canada's borders to pork exports, which accounts for 70% of Canadian pork production. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency has a network of 13 reference and research labs across Canada to perform swine fever testing. SAS Canola has filled its four producer director positions, but there were some challenges. Two of the seats at the SAS Canola board table were determined by the usual process of producer nominations. Anthony Eliason from Outlook and John Fair of Herschel will serve four-year terms, starting immediately after the SAS Canola annual meeting on January 10th in Saskatoon. Eliason grows crops on irrigated land and previously served on the board of the Irrigation Crop Diversification Corporation. Fair has 18 years of experience in the grain handling business, grows a variety of crops on the family farm, and was part of SAS Canola's Learn to Lead program this past spring. SAS Canola Executive Director Tracy Broughton says regulations required the board to appoint individuals to fill the other two vacant seats. The priority was geographic distribution throughout the province as well as diversity. The two appointed candidates come from opposite corners of the province and will only serve two-year terms. Ed Schaefer has farmed in the Maqua area for two decades and has a degree in agronomy from the U of S. He previously served as president of the Canadian Canola Growers Association. Margaret Rigetti is involved with the family farm at Langbank. Her main roles are grain marketing, risk management, finance and accounting. She has a bachelor's degree in agriculture from the U of S and is a past director of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association and Grain Growers Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and RealAg Radio, joined right now by the Vice President of Government and Industry Relations for the CCGA. It is Dave Carey. Dave, great to chat with you. You too, Sean. Been too long. Okay, so kind of, I think a big deal. I think we've made some progress as an industry. Bill, or private members bill, I should say, C-234 is going to go back to the House for the third reading and then hopefully you get through the Senate. Uh, this basically takes away or the need for growers that are on farm, uh, drying grain, irrigation, greenhouses, uh, heating barns for, for livestock, so poultry and pork. This is something that the Egg Carbon Alliance, CCGA and partners have been working on. Is this a success at this point, Dave, or how do you view the, the, this week's news? 
Yeah, I know, Sean. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, we, we passed a huge milestone this uh, this past Monday, November 14th. Uh, it went before the House Ag Committee uh, after hearing from witnesses again. Uh, they went clause by clause in an hour and 25 minutes. I believe they had four or five proposed amendments. Um, and the bill ultimately was amended and was referred back to the House of Commons. So it'll be printed and, and, and uh, formally referred back to the House for third reading later this week once the sort of law clerk kind of tidies everything up. Uh, and that begins third reading, the final stage in the House of Commons uh, lawmaking process. Uh, and then you're correct. Um, then the, the House of Commons sponsor, uh, Member Parliament Ben Lobb, would then um, work with a senator to take on the roles as the Senate sponsor uh, and move it through the, the Senate process. But uh, um, for private members, Bill Sean, we've gone from uh, introduction in, in February to being done uh, committee stage in third reading uh, in November. Uh, might sound like a long time to listeners. That is that is lightning fast for a private member's bill uh, to, to move through the legislative process. Um, so we're very pleased, and passing committee stage is, is a significant milestone. Certain. Okay, so on farm, one of the hangups of the rubs here I see is that commercial grain dryers, you know, in particular, in, in in situations like I think about Ontario, not all grain dryers are on farm. Is this going to be one of the rubs that commercial grain dryers don't necessarily apply to this to this bill? Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly absolutely. I, I think there will, there will be operations that, that this will not apply to. This is uh, a private member's bill. is not big and overarching. It's not an omnibus government style bill. It's a surgical change to a uh, an act, one act. It can only change to one particular act. Um, and we're in a minority government where. Uh, the conservative sponsor, um, Ben Lobb, uh, was cognizant in his, uh, uh, you know, as he crafted the bill and provided drafting instructions that this is a bill um, that will only receive support from opposition parties like the Bloc, NDP, and Green Party, all three of which have voted in favor of the bill and are vocally supportive. If this was for on-farm production, um, so this does not extend off-farm, it does not extend to commercial operations. This is uh, a bill that will essentially apply the same exemptions for that, that currently exist on farm uh, for gasoline and diesel. Uh, it would also apply to natural gas and propane for food feed uh, production. Um, so it would extend to uh, grain drying, uh, irrigation, uh, preparation of feed, so steam flaking for, for the livestock folks, uh, heating and cooling of livestock barns uh, and, and greenhouses. Um, it does not extend to garages or shops or, or you know, your far, uh, the, the family home on the farm. Um, it being on farm, focused on food production, focused on farmers and ranchers, uh, was 100% critical to the support of other opposition parties. Um, the bill could have been broader. It would not have been passed. It would not have passed second reading, and we wouldn't be having this conversation today. Are you comfortable at CCGA and the Ag Carbon Alliance with eight years on the sunset clause for this bill? Yeah, yes, we are. So there is that caveat that does allow for the extension of this bill uh, to be made uh, eight years from now of the coming into force, which does provide the flexibility so that we're not sitting around uh, the ECA or CCJ or grain growers or cattle table talking about, well, we need to introduce another private member still. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. 
specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And also brought to you by the Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Snow and blowing snowed later today, according to the weather office. Wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. The high minus 2, the low minus 13. Wind chill minus 15 tonight and minus 22 overnight. Thursday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries and blowing snow. Wind northwest 30, gusting to 50. The high minus 11, the low minus 15. Friday, cloudy with a high minus 7, the low minus 13. Saturday, partly cloudy with a high minus 9, the low minus 14. Sunday, sunny with a high minus 1, the low minus 10. Monday, sunny, the high 0, the low minus 9. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 1. Normal high for this date is minus 2, the normal low is minus 12. The sun rose at 8.14 this morning. It sets at 5.12 tonight. And currently... The hot spot right now is in the southwest corner at Val-Marie, minus 1. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 13. Estevan and Saskatoon and Yorkton, all minus 3. Swift Current and Weyburn, minus 4. Regina has drifting snow, overcast skies, it's minus 4. That's 25 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 26, gusting to 35. Humidity is 86%, the barometric pressure dropping, 102.8. Overcast in Moose Jaw, minus 3. Winds are from the northwest at 30, gusting to 40. Once again, Regina, some drifting snow in the area. It's overcast, minus 4. That's 25 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Tim Smalley. Time now for Countdown to Agribition, brought to you by Conexus Credit Union and 2S Auctioneers. Show your Conexus card for free admission to the Canadian Western Agribition. Agribition opens on Monday, November 28th. President Kim Hextall of Grenfell says Agribition features a trade show, four nights of rodeo, as well as about 2,000 head of livestock. She expects hundreds of visitors from dozens of countries. Certainly Mexico is returning. Our U.S. visitors are usually here in the greatest numbers as far as our shore people. Uh, we will have some people coming in from Europe and we had interest from more people than usual this year. Uh, we do have run a program that helps to assist people coming in, an incoming buyers program for those that are looking to purchase uh, livestock genetics. Yeah, what are the key reasons? Why do all these foreign visitors come to Agribition? What do they come to see? Uh, lots of them are coming to see the cattle. They're, uh, we have excellent genetics here in Canada, and they've been marketed around the world, and people have seen them here and other places, and they're coming to buy straight from us. Kim Hextall is the president of Canadian Western Agribition. Agribition opens Monday, November 28th, and wraps up Saturday, December 3rd. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. A researcher at the University of Alberta will lead a series of studies over the next two years to boost mental health supports for farmers. Professor Rebecca Perk-Stevenson says a study done two years ago found 
35% of farmers had experienced depression, 58% had suffered from anxiety, and 45% had dealt with high levels of stress. That's a lot higher than what you would find in the general population. And then more recently, that one in four Canadian farmers felt their life was not worth living, or they, they wished they were dead, or thought of taking their own life in the past 12 months. Professor Perk Stevenson says further, the study did find just one in four farmers had suicidal thoughts. I worked on a study in the summer that uh, was a, a large review study to understand what are the risk factors and the events leading up to farmer suicide. And what we found was that even though the suicide rate among farmers is about twice as high as it is for the general population, it's not all farmers. But the farmers at risk are those who are white men between the ages of 35 and 64 and in rural areas. And they usually have like mid-sized farms. Professor Rebecca Perk-Stevenson comments further. So they're ones that can really, if there's a drought or they you know, have trouble getting a loan, they can really face a financial crisis. It is really interesting that it was this group that were at the highest risk. And it could be that male farmers, I mean, mental health and agriculture is not something that is often discussed. Although they can all recognize and identify the stressors, no question. In the meantime, for help and someone to talk to, farmers can contact the Saskatchewan Farm Stress Line. It's open round the clock. 24-7. The number is 1-800-667-4442. That's 1-800-667-444. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Saskatchewan's feeder cattle prices were mostly moving down during the past week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froat says the decline was seasonal in nature. Saskatchewan feeder steer prices ranged from lower to unchanged across all weight categories over the week. Prices ranged from 334.33 for the 3 to 400 pound weight category to 219.67 for the 900 plus pound weight category. The largest decreases were 567 per hundred weight and 427 for the steer categories weighing between 3 to 400 pounds and 8 to 900 pounds respectively. And the remaining categories were between unchanged to down 248 per hundredweight. Average weekly prices for Saskatchewan heifers were down when compared to the previous week, except for the 800 plus pound category. Prices ranged from 248.39 per hundredweight for the 3 to 400 pound weight category to 207.25 for the 800 plus category. Heifers weighing between 7 to 800 pounds had the largest decline of 538 to end the week at 205.43. The 800 plus pound category had the increase at 95 cents per hundredweight. And what were the factors pushing down feeder cattle prices this past week? Yeah, it appears that calf markets have peaked in the previous two weeks and that we're, we're seeing a typical seasonal decline in feeder cattle pricing. Keep in mind that this pricing is still strong and between 38 and up to $73 per hundredweight above last year across the weight categories for steers and heifers. I think we're seeing, in addition to the seasonal decline, other factors such as the backlog of fed cattle in the system and then looking at the price of feed and trucking feed are also adding to this decline. What were marketings? 
Canfax reported 31,782 head of feeder cattle sold over the week, which was down from 44,454 the previous week. And these numbers likely reflect the weather and road conditions seen over the week, which meant a lot of cattle didn't make it to the sale last week. So there was 37,227 head during the same week last year. And marketings to date are still sitting back about 15% from 2021. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? The Canfax price for Alberta-fed steers reported on November 10th was 183.42 per hundredweight, and this is up 11 cents per hundredweight from the 183.31 reported the previous week. And looking to Alberta cows, we've seen a drop again last week with D2 slaughter cows falling an average of 481 per hundredweight from the previous week, ending up at 89.79. The D3 cows also were down on average 329 per hundredweight to end the week averaging 78.50. Fonda Froats is the cattle specialist for the Saskatchewan Ministry of The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain markets were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola gained 9.40 at 8.6102. Lentils fell $3 at 7.52.50. One red spring wheat went up 398 at 42605. The rest were unchanged. Durham 49850. Feed barley 36287. Chickpeas 92595. Flax 74298. Oats 27932. Yellow peas 46908 and feed wheat 28956. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December fell 10 cents at 9.64. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week in November 15th. Our last regular sale is on November 9th. D1 and D2 cows sold from 80 cents to 90 cents. D3 cows sold from 65 cents to 79 cents. Counter cows sold from 50 cents to 65 cents. Hefferet sold from $1.55 to $1.85. Good Butcher Bowl sold from $1.16 to $1.25. We had a pre-sorted calf sale here on Monday, 300 to 400 pounds. Steers averaged three dollars and six cents and sold at the three dollars and thirty-seven cents. Four hundred to four fifty pound steers averaged three dollars and sold at the three dollars and twenty-eight cents. Four fifty to five hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and ninety cents and sold at the three dollars and twenty-eight cents. Five hundred to five fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and eighty cents and sold at the three dollars and seven cents. Five fifty to six hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and sixty-seven cents and sold at the two dollars and eighty-eight. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.53 and sold up 
to two dollars and seventy-seven cents. Six fifty to seven hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and forty-eight cents and sold up to two dollars and sixty-three cents. Seven hundred to eight hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and forty-nine cents and sold up to two dollars and fifty-seven cents. Heifers were about forty-five cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of four hundred thirty-pound black steers at three dollars and fourteen cents a pound. Three loads of five hundred pound black steers at two dollars and ninety-three cents a pound. Three loads of five hundred and fifty pound black steers at two dollars and seventy-one cents a pound. Two loads of six hundred pound black steers at two dollars and sixty-one cents a pound. A load of six hundred and fifty pound black steers at two dollars and fifty-eight cents a pound. And a group of seven hundred pound black steers at two dollars and forty-seven cents a pound. This has been Stephanie Degg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. The market that gets the cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,800 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 212 to $226 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,600 head, selling a range of 211 to $225 per CKG. Hams are moving sows this week are down, selling in the range of 51 to 58 cents per pound live weight. Hams' cash flow price today is mixed, and full contract prices open mixed this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar was down one basis point, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3290. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 75.06 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed midweek, with Packers bidding up another $1.94 U.S. salary for uncommitted hogs in the Western Corn Belt. The national form has pulled back 13 cents on some daily softness in the value of the pork cutout, and are likewise trending lower for the week. Lean hog futures remain trending in a sideways pattern, were mixed at the open. Nearby contracts are showing some support, while deferreds past May are moderately lower. This is consistent with ideas that supplies are a bit tighter heading into the spring. If the weekly slaughter comes in below 2.4 million head this week, the front month contracts could see some support in the coming days. Meanwhile, steadiness in lean hog futures of the past five sessions and a stable Canadian dollar has meant the Canadian forward contract values have not moved all that much in recent days. Coming up, the This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. The province says SASTAL is expanding a rural fiber initiative to bring better internet to an additional 70 more towns and villages. The province says the Crown Corporation is to spend an additional $100 million to expand the service in order to narrow the digital divide in Saskatchewan. Originally announced in 2020, the program is to bring the fiber optic broadband network to more than 110,000 residents and businesses in more than 130 rural communities. All communities are expected to have the service by the end of March 2025. The Manitoba government says it's looking at the idea of shipping liquefied natural gas using the Hudson Bay Railway and Port of Churchill. In August, the province and the federal government announced $147.6 million to turn the railway into a modern trade corridor to Canada's lone Arctic port. The railway is owned and operated by Arctic Gateway Group, a partnership of 41 First Nations and rail line communities. Premier Heather Stephenson says her government has been in discussions with Saskatchewan and Alberta about their interest in using the railway to transport liquefied natural gas. On the markets today, the TSX is down 10 points to 19,985. The Dow has gained 7 points to 33,600. Oil has fallen $2.46 at 84.46 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 75.10 cents U.S. 
That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.